Safety Net Studio presents. Talking movies with Brian Lataki. And here we go. Here's Brian Lataki. You can do it. Hello, friends, and welcome to Talking Movies. I'm Brian Lataki, and today we're a team with Marvel Studios' The Marvels. Captain Marvel. The Annihilator. You took everything from me. And now I'm returning the favor. What is happening to me? She's entangled our light-based powers, so we switch places whenever we use them. You can absorb light. I can see it. And Kamala. Who's Kamala? Hi. She can turn light into physical matter, which I have never heard of. I could totally show you. No! She's targeting every planet we call home. I would never choose to bring anybody into this. You are not the only thing standing between this and the universe. Oh my god, we're a team. Carol Danvers gets her powers entangled with those of Kamala Khan and Monica Rambeau, forcing them to work together to save the universe. Written by the team of Nia DaCosta, Megan McDonnell, and Alyssa Karasik, and directed by Nia DaCosta, The Marvel stars Brie Larson as Carol Danvers slash Captain Marvel, Tiona Paris as Monica Rambeau, Iman Vellani as Kamala Khan slash Ms. Marvel, Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, and Zawi Ashton as Dar Ben. Well, it's full disclosure time, and for the first time since the MCU began, I was not excited in the least for a Marvel movie. Heck, I was even excited to go and see the new mutants when I was going to see that, but I was so let down by Captain Marvel that I just couldn't be excited for its sequel. I did, however, enjoy Ms. Marvel on Disney+, Plus, but this was going to be Iman Vellani's Kamala Khan being around her hero, Carol Danvers, and maybe that's why I felt the way I did as this movie started rolling. Story-wise, it was pretty well done. The entanglement of powers made for some really cool action sequences and a wonderful montage set to the Beastie Boys Intergalactic. The villain has an understandable reason for why they're doing what they're doing, and it significantly advanced the overarching story of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There are some scenes that I feel may be a bit divisive among casual and hardcore fans, and about 90% less pandering than Captain Marvel had. There's still a little bit of it, but there's certainly no fight scene set to No Doubt's Just a Girl. Instead, you just get a solid intertwined soundtrack with the on-screen events, more along the lines of Guardians rather than what Captain Marvel tried to do. Acting-wise, everyone, and I mean everyone, does a pretty good job. Even Brie Larson, who critics and fans alike, including myself, felt that she was incredibly wooden in her MCU performances thus far. This time out, she has a ton of personality and genuinely seemed like she was having a blast on the set. The biggest star, though, of course, is Canadian Amon Vellani. Her adorable, aloof responses and fan girling the moment she gets in proximity of Carol is far too cute and funny to make even the crankiest of audience members smirk at least a little. Honestly, I laughed way more times in this movie than I ever thought I would have. Overall, I genuinely enjoyed the Marvels. I definitely didn't think I would be saying that in this review, but hey, here we are. I was completely entertained for the entire, but short, one hour and 45 minute runtime. There's a few moments in this movie that were not the best, and one or two moments that induced an eye roll, and the post credit scene 
scene, while absolutely incredible and cheerworthy, did have some suspect CGI, but really, this movie is worth a watch. Those fans and critics who are crapping on this movie are likely those same people that didn't get past a single episode of Ms. Marvel, which is their own mistake. I actually have every intention to watch this movie again. I give the Marvels an A. We're rapidly approaching the holiday season, so if you're looking for somewhere to hold your holiday get-together, why not try something new? At Killer Noob Escapes at 740B Century Street in Winnipeg, we offer the city's only two-hour escape experience, starting with Part 1, The Fun House, nominee for the 2023 Top Escape Room Project Enthusiast Choice Awards for Best Room, followed by Part 2, The Upstairs. We also feature a two-person room called Buried Alive. Hold your gathering in our private dining room while being surrounded by the scream of Puddle as victims. Book today at KillerNoobEscapes.com I've just been handed an urgent news story. Cannonball! Let's get into movie news you can use, and let's start it with the biggest news there could possibly be. After 118 days, the SAG after strike is officially over. <laughs> as the Actors Guild has reached a tentative agreement with studios for a new three-year contract. Specifics haven't been announced quite yet, but we do know that the deal will see most minimums increased by 7%, which is 2% more than the deals received by the WGA and the DGA. The main sticking point of the deal revolved around protections for actors against artificial intelligence, so when the agreement is officially released, that will be where most people's eyes will go. With the strikes officially behind us, a number of productions released teaser trailers, so we're gonna have to limit it down a little bit. We received a teaser trailer for the musical remake of Mean Girls. We as women have to be able to support each other. Get in, loser. Welcome, Katie. You're never going to believe what I found this morning. Your burn book. Mom, go make snacks. For sure. For sure, Regina. Yeah. Do you like gum? Sure. Oh, no, I don't have any. I, I was just... You're a mess. We will help you, Caddy. A teaser trailer for Pixar's sequel to Inside Out, simply titled Inside Out 2. Orange? Who made the console orange? Do I look orange? I didn't touch it. Orange is not my color. Not me. Hello. Ah! Oh my gosh, I'm anxiety. Where can I put my stuff? A new emotion. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. We wanted to make such a good first impression. Uh, What do you mean, we? And the biggest teaser trailer to come out of cinema, the trailer for Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. Your veins turn to rivers of ice. Your bones crack. And the last thing you see is your own tear ducts freezing up. Like, literally scared to death? (laughs) So cool. While no official synopsis was released by the studio, but we do know that the film stars returning characters McKenna Grace as Phoebe Spangler, Finn Wolfhard as Trevor Spangler, Carrie Coon as Callie Spangler, and features Paul Rudd, Celeste O'Connor, Logan Kim, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, and Annie Potts. They're joined on this outing by Kamel Nanjiani, Patton Oswalt, James A. Caster, and Emily Allen Lind. Ghostbusters Frozen Empire haunts theaters on March 29th of 2024. A number of films that were in production when the 
strikes began have now restarted production. Because of that, a number of films are seeing their release dates changed. Marvel Studios has announced that Deadpool 3 has shifted to July 26th of 2024, making it the only Marvel film scheduled next year. Captain America Brave New World shifts to February 14th of 2025, Thunderbolts shifts to July 25th of 2025, and the now-confirmed R-rated Blade shifts to November 7th of 2025. Over at Sony, it was confirmed that Venom 3 is back in production, and while not being an official Marvel project, Deadline is reporting that it should reach theaters on November 8th of 2024. It was also confirmed to Deadline that Beetlejuice 2 has restarted production, as well as Deadpool 3, Gladiator 2, and Clint Eastwood's newest film, Juror Number 2. Over at Nintendo, it was announced that they are actively developing a live-action Legend of Zelda film that is set to be directed by Wes Ball, who did Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, and being written by Derek Connolly, who wrote Jurassic World. According to rumors, the studio is looking for an actor between the ages of 15 to 20 to play Link, which removes Tom Holland, the frequently fan-cast actor, out of the running. The first Legend of Zelda game was released by Nintendo in 1986 and followed Link, a young hero who seeks to save the kingdom of Hyrule and rescue Princess Zelda from Ganon, an evil villain who desires the Triforce in order to gain ultimate power. The game was followed by nearly 20 sequels, and the franchise has become one of Nintendo's most acclaimed properties. After the success of the Super Mario Brothers, it seemed clear that Nintendo was looking at following that success with more movies based on their popular games. Rumors had pointed to Illumination, the animation studio behind Super Mario Brothers, so the shift to live action came as a bit of surprise. Studio head Chris Melodandry had this to say, quote, I mean, I can understand how people would surmise all sorts of things because obviously we've had great experience working together. My relationship with Nintendo now includes being on their board of directors, so I understand how people can surmise these things. But in terms of the specifics, that was just something that I've been hearing lots of reports. This is just about what's next between Nintendo and Illumination. In other upcoming projects, it was announced that Amber Midthunder, who battled the iconic Predator in the film Prey last year, is set to join A24's newest horror movie called Opus. Also in the cast are Ayo Edebiri, John Malkovich, Stephanie Suganami, Young Mazzino, Tatanka Means, and Emmy Award winner Murray Bartlett. Opus is the feature debut of writer-director Mark Anthony Green and is currently being kept in secret. Deadline is reporting that the story centers around an iconic pop star's return following his decades-long disappearance. In the rumor mill, with the ending of the SAG after a strike, it's currently being rumored that director Denis Villeneuve's next project could be his long-anticipated Cleopatra project, with Zendaya currently rumored to star. It's also rumored that Zendaya's co-star from Dune, Timothy Chalamet, has been offered the role of Octavius, and Daniel Craig is being eyed for Caesar. The film is set to be written by David Scarpa, who wrote All the Money in the World, based on the best-selling biography by Stacey Schiff. Scarpa has previously said that the film will be treated more as a bloody political thriller rather than a lengthy historical epic. He said, quote, With Cleopatra, instead of doing the movie as the prestige picture, the three-hour lots of pageantry, people with fans and English accents and all that stuff, we really treat it as a political thriller. Dirty, bloody, lots of people swearing and having sex, and all of that other stuff, and just treat it as a two-hour, lean, mean political thriller thriller full of assassinations, etc. Just going the opposite direction from the way we think that the movie is going to go. Villeneuve isn't the only one working on a Cleopatra film, as Gal Gadot has been attached to star in a different movie about the Egyptian queen. That project was originally set to be directed by Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins, but she dropped
dropped out and was replaced by Carrie Scogland. Gadot has teased that her movie will also change the narrative about Cleopatra, saying, quote, This woman was so ahead of her time. Egypt, and what Egypt was back then, was still futuristic to where we are today. I can't say much, but to me, I'm so passionate to tell her story and to bring justice to this character and her legacy and celebrate her and her legacy. We have a beautiful script, and I cannot wait to share this story with the world and change the narrative of Cleopatra simply being a seductor. Also in the rumor mill, Paul Thomas Anderson has been developing his next project, and it's currently rumored that the cast consists of Leonardo DiCaprio, Regina Hall, and more. Plot details are being kept under wraps, but it's long rumored that the project will be an adaptation of Thomas Pinchland's Vineland, with Hall playing the character of D.L. Chastain. Chastain is the daughter of a military family that moves around the world. While in Japan, she's approached by a martial arts instructor who teaches her the secret ways of the ninja, including how to kill with a touch that takes a year to work. She's recruited by mobster Ralph Wavone to assassinate Brock Vaughn while posing as a prostitute, but accidentally gives the death touch to Takeshi Fumimoda, who has been sent in Vaughn's place after the plot was discovered. Not to be outdone by their big screen brother, small screen streamers released a number of teaser trailers. Let's start it off with Apple TV Plus's Masters of the Air. We came from every corner of the country with a common purpose. To bring the war to Hitler's doorstep. These daylight missions. It's suicide. Then watch the move. We lead our boys through. Based on Donald L. Miller's book of the same name and scripted by John Orloff, Masters of the Air follows the men of the 100th Bomb Group, the Bloody 100th, as they conduct perilous bombing raids over Nazi Germany and grapple with frigid conditions, lack of oxygen, and sheer terror of combat conducted at 25,000 feet in the air. The cast is led by Academy Award nominee Austin Butler and features Callum Turner, Anthony Boyle, Nate Mann, Rafferty Law, Barry Keegan, Josiah Cross, Brandon Cook, and Nakuti Gatwa. Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks are on board as executive producers, alongside Gary Getzman, who also produced Band of Brothers and The Pacific. The limited series is set to debut on Apple TV Plus on Friday, January 26, 2024, with its first two episodes, and then followed weekly every Friday through March 15th of 2024. The next teaser trailer was released by Prime, and that's season two of Reacher. They were tortured. They dumped them from a helicopter. And they're coming after us. Good. Sure. When we were kids, we just wrote our names in it. Why'd you gotta hit him so hard? I don't hit soft. Reacher Season 2 is based on Lee Child's book Bad Luck and Trouble, the 11th book in the ongoing series. In the book, Reacher is contacted by someone from his former military unit, informed of the mysterious death of someone they both knew. This leads him down a rabbit hole of mystery and conspiracy as he tries to uncover the truth behind what transpired. Alan Richson returns as playing Jack Reacher and is joined this time around by Sorinda Swan, Ferdinand Kingsley, and Rory Cochran. The first three episodes premiere on Prime video on December 15th, while the remainder of the eight-episode season is released at weekly intervals. The last teaser that was released was from Netflix for their live-action remake of Avatar The Last Airbender. Time is a funny thing. The past, the future, it all gets mixed up. There's only one way to keep it straight. Always remember who you are. 
Water, Earth, Air, Fire. The four nations once lived in harmony with the Avatar, master of all four elements, keeping peace between them. But everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked and wiped out the Air Nomads, the first step taken by the Firebenders towards conquering the world. With the current incarnation of the Avatar yet to emerge, the world has lost hope. But like a light in the darkness, hope springs forth when Ang, a young Air Nomad and the last of his kind, reawakens to take his rightful place as the next Avatar. Alongside his newfound friends Sokka and Katara, siblings and members of the Southern Water Tribe, Ong embarks on a fantastical action-packed quest to save the world and fight back against the fearsome onslaught of Fire Lord Ozai. Avatar The Last Airbender stars Gordon Cormier as Ong and features Kia Wentio, Ian Usley, Dallas Liu, Daniel Day Kim, Paul Sun Hyung, Ken Leung, and Elizabeth Yu. The live-action series debuts on Netflix on February 22nd of 2024. Well, it's official that Disney has become the full owner of Hulu, and CEO Bob Iger has revealed that Hulu will be combining with Disney Plus into a single app starting in December. The rollout will start with a beta test beginning in December, with the official launch expected in late March of 2024. Iger said, quote, We remain on track to roll out a unified one-app experience domestically. The time between the beta release and the official launch will give parents time to set up parental controls, as subscribers will now have access to more adult-oriented Hulu content. Iger continued by saying, quote, we are bullish about the future of our streaming business. Imagine the opportunities a combined Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN streaming experience can offer us as a company and consumers. And finally, we end today on the news that Jared Leto has done something incredibly strange, but incredibly amazing. On the morning of November 9th, Leto engaged in the first ever complete climb of New York City's iconic Empire State Building. Leto said that he was fascinated with the historic building since he was a kid and could not think of a better way to celebrate the launch of 30 Seconds to Mars's 2024 tour than by scaling the building. He said, quote, The building is a testament of all things that can be done in the world if we put our minds to it, which is largely the inspiration behind our most recent album, It's the End of the World, But It's a Beautiful Day. The 30 Seconds to Mars tour begins in Lollapalooza in March 2024, with one Canadian date taking place on August 12th in Toronto, Ontario, before concluding on September 19th in Auckland, New Zealand. The snow is here, and just because you need to bundle up doesn't mean you can't look good doing so. Nick and the team at Swish Barbershop at 844 St. Mary's Road are ready to line you up and make you look your best. Walk-ins are welcome, or you can visit my barber by booking today at boybarbernick.com. That's it for this episode of Talking Movies. Follow me on social media at Talking Movies PC and download full-length episodes on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And as always, I go by Ms. Marvel, and I hope that's okay. Like, I realize I should have asked permission, so twinsies. Twinsies.